0: And Tyson says, yeah, everybody has a strategy until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) DigitalMarketingRadio.com, the big interview with David Bain.
1: How has pay-per-click search changed over the last few years? What is attribution modeling and how will attribution modeling impact paid search and SEO in the future? Those are just three of the questions that I'm going to be asking today's special guest, George Meekie. George, welcome to DMR. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. Oh, great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, George is the co-founder and chief marketing scientist at RKG, an industry leader in search and performance marketing. George is a member of Google's Performance Marketing Council and a long-standing contributor to Search Engine Land. So, chief marketing scientists and that sounds interesting
0: yeah it's a it's a big title to live up to but uh, uh you know it i'll call it aspirational if nothing else
1: <laughs> well it certainly intrigued me what, what does it involve what would you say your, your role involves on a daily basis
0: yeah well you know i i think, um, our view is that marketing in general should be approached as as a data-driven science Uh, that, that we ought to apply testing methodology as you do in science that we ought to judge performance based on metrics rather than based on you know uh, strategic opinions uh, that that creative guys come up with creative is an incredibly important piece of marketing but whether it works or not is is something that data should determine not the highest paid uh, person in the room right
1: right okay so um science is much more important than art when it comes to online marketing do you think uh,
0: I think they're both important uh, i I think the science is lagging behind the art in many ways in our industry and and uh, we have been working away at that for the last 11 years trying to uh, bring uh, the rigors of science to what we do online and I think that that is the tide that's the rising tide for sure
1: okay so its so- Science, your, your industry getting more scientific, um, that really summarizes, you would think, um, the, the big changes in digital marketing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think that uh, folds into the whole question of attribution that uh, you mentioned in the intro, that, you know, trying to understand what of all of these different marketing interactions that I may have with a customer, uh, what's really driving their uh, behavior and their path to, to purchase or to engagement with my brand. So yes, it's, it's definitely a leading edge science and, and we're finding uh, within our little agency more and more people with science backgrounds getting into uh, this game.
1: So how would you actually explain attribution modeling to someone that um, hasn't really heard of that before or, or can't really articulate in their own minds what it means?
0: Yeah, so attribution is trying to get a sense of which marketing interactions are driving how much of consumers' behavior. We know that people may see a display ad. uh, That display ad may get them to think about the brand, uh, may get them to think about the category. They may do a search uh, and click on an ad there. They may or may not make a decision to purchase. Maybe they sign up for an email to be on an email list. They get an email a few days later and they buy. What drove that person to buy? Uh, that's really the question that attribution is trying to answer uh, is you know how much credit should the uh, display ad get, how much should the search ad get, and how much should that email get uh, in that path to purchase.
1: And of course, the the vast majority of um, attribution at the moment is last click. Um, whatever, yeah. whatever is the last medium that um, that um, user interacted with. Um, so, what would you what would you say is the pros and cons between attri- uh, multi touch attribution and last last click analysis?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think the the last click is not the worst model. Uh, the worst. Cl- Model is not having any model, uh, and we still see some advertisers who uh, end up giving credit to email for that order, giving credit to paid search for that order, and giving credit to display for that order. Uh, and you know, you find out pretty quickly that marketing is driving 140 percent of the orders <laughs> on your website <laughs> um, uh, because you're you're taking credit for the same order in multiple places. Um, we think that. You know, a last-touch model tends to uh, ignore the, the earlier consideration, uh, the, those channels that tend to introduce people to uh, a brand and, and can therefore lead to people spending money in the wrong places.
1: So does that mean that you tend to f- um, favor a U-shape attribution model where you get a little bit more credit at the beginning and the end and perhaps just a touch in the middle?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I actually think that a proportional model is probably that the easiest thing for people to get their head around is just to give an equal amount of credit to each marketing touch in the path. Um, and the reason I say that is it gets to be very difficult to define what a first touch is, a, a first touch and how long. Uh, You know, if the first touch was two years ago, does that still get credit for uh, an interaction that happens uh, today? So, you know, I I think what we find is, you know, we being scientific geeks uh, try to evangelize for sophisticated statistical models that, you know, look for patterns and uplift uh, generated by channels to, to uh, come up with a, a more elegant, more sophisticated mathematical solution. But what we find is many, many companies have a very difficult time reaching any decision to make a change in how they do attribution. And so whether you're talking about pushing them towards you know, an idealized model or just something very simple, Getting people to change models is very, very hard because people within the company have a vested interest in how things are currently being done. Their year-over-year metrics are all tied to one particular view of attribution, and if you change that view, all of a sudden some channels look like they're doing great year-over-year and others look like they're doing terribly year-over-year, and... and uh, those changes can be difficult for big companies to deal with.
1: Mm. Um, now, obviously, Google um, offer digital marketers a suite of um, of excellent um, imperative tools, really, for, for, for what's required um, today. But um, conspiracy theorists might say that um, <laughs> they, they don't give you the full picture um, when it comes to... Um, where visitors really came from um certainly with regards to seo and um um the sudden loss of um um keyword data um but um there's there's, so there's there's not really a great deal of attribution analysis within google analytics um but also you get tools um that they are that they understandably want to push people to such as google adwords yeah Um, uh, (laughs) google adwords can be a superb way of driving traffic but but it can be a bit of bit expensive now. Um how would you say Google AdWords has changed um over the last few years in terms of uh, its use for business?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I I think it is uh continues to be the largest and most uh effective means of driving new customers to uh, a website. Uh we've we've seen that time and again that you know, pound for pound it's hard to beat paid search for a scalable mechanism for reaching people who are in the moment and new to your brand. So we're big fans of paid search. Obviously, we built a business around it. But we see our clients continuing to grow uh, their paid search programs 20% year on year. So you, know, you hear people saying paid search has gotten too expensive. Well, you know, if, if you approach it in a scientific fashion, uh, it can be as cost effective as you make it. Uh, and uh, so we, we still believe in the channel. It has changed dramatically over the last five years, in particular. And I think that's a product of changes on the search engine results page. We see product listing ads in the retail space. Uh, taking huge prominence and becoming a tremendously important part of the SERP landscape. We see, to your point, the organic uh, space, particularly for high commercial intent queries, uh, shrinking every year, <laughs> pixel by pixel. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's getting squeezed, um, which creates more real estate for ads. Uh, and more revenue for Google, obviously. So that has changed the dynamic considerably, and obviously mobile uh, has made it a very different game when, when uh, the quality and intent of mobile search traffic, and, and by mobile I'm really talking about smartphone traffic, people are in a very different use case, and search marketers have to treat that use case differently and and understand how mobile affects the quality of of traffic and how you're going to set bids on that
1: and talking about google SERP results and the appearance of those results um how do you think um or what do you think is behind google's decision to actually take out um, authorship photos for example in there
0: yeah it's interesting and and uh you know i'm even, even the industry experts are, are talking about some, some odd cases where the author picture seems to be there for some people and in some context and not for others so not entirely sure what's going on I you know I think one of the things that you can count on for Google is uh, they're going to keep changing things to, to find out and you know it could very well be that the images, uh, were very attractive and they attracted clicks, and that attracted clicks away from ads, uh, and you know that could be <laughs> what killed the, the images. I'm not sure.
1: But that that was certainly Rand Fishkin's initial theory, <laughs> but uh, he seemed yeah. to he seemed to back away a little bit from that. But um, it's it's it is interesting. You know, obviously Google is. Um, a corporation that, 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 that needs to make money, uh, is commercial. Um, but it's in a tough situation because certainly in the UK, it has something like 90% of search results and in, in the US it's, it's slightly less, but it's still by far the, 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 place that people go to. So, um, it has to tread carefully and it will be interesting to see how it evolves over the next few years.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think it, it definitely has you know in in our country it has the department of justice's uh <laughs> attention uh and uh that's going to keep it you know somewhat uh honest but it's interesting i'd like to be in a position where uh, somebody accused me of of being a monopoly but uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so so I mean that I mean that's slight thoughts on moving forward I mean how, how do you think attribution modeling will impact uh, paid search and SEO moving forward as well
0: yeah you know it's interesting we actually find uh, that when companies move from a last touch model to giving credit to first touch it actually helps search um, you'll hear a lot of Folks in the industry, particularly display advertising, uh, <laughs> um, folks say, well, you know, paid search gets all the money, and but it's really a, a bottom-of-the-funnel, last-touch kind of channel, and if you give credit to first touch, display looks much better. It's true. Display does look better when you consider impressions, uh, view-through impressions. In, in some reasonable fraction um uh and and clicks up the funnel display does look better, but so does paid search uh and so does s e o uh those <laughs> search intent queries look better. what really takes a bath in our experience is the affiliates um, yeah. uh and uh email sometimes also uh along those same lines
1: that's interesting because affiliate marketing was something that was was massive obviously a few years ago but um seems to have gradually taken a bit of a hit and um from your perspective it looks like in the future will continue to do to do so as well <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think certainly in a lot of ways, a lot of the uh, SEO jujitsu and and black hat tactics were all about figuring out a way to, you know, rank for Walmart coupons, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know it was a bunch of affiliates wrestling with each other for uh, uh, those kinds of uh, uh, queries, and you know I, I think a lot of uh, advertisers have gotten wise to that and are punishing some of the worst offenses from that channel, and and that's uh, taking some of the luster off.
1: Absolutely, I mean it's about better quality now, and that 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 can't be a bad thing, certainly. Yeah. So so that's yeah. a that's a great overview of um, where you are in the industry at the moment. But um, let's move on to software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would su- significantly impact the success of your business?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's interesting. So we have built our own technology for uh, the paid search game uh, and and also our own SEO crawling tools. Um, so we're not terribly dependent for sort of the core functionality of our business on uh uh, on those uh, third-party tools, um, you know, Microsoft Excel is incredibly important to our business. Still, uh, the the power of good spreadsheets is is amazing. We've been for the last few years big fans of Google Apps uh, and and Google Gmail and Hangouts, Google Drive, has Google calendars. The shared calendar thing has been uh, really helpful to
1: us. Um, That's interesting. So, but you say Excel over over Google Docs, um, certainly for spreadsheets. Do you use the online version of Excel as well?
0: Uh, we primarily use the the uh, native Excel for desktops and and uh, laptops.
1: Okay. And um, what software don't you use, but you've meant to try in the in the near future?
0: um i I think there are, are uh a lot of interesting plugins out there for uh mobile uh that we haven't really dialed into we we've we haven't been doing much in the way of mobile advertising for display we do a lot of search obviously uh but we don't do much display uh mobile so uh playing around with what used to be the AdMob uh uh, software platform would be very interesting, and I think coming soon. I wish I would have.
1: I'd like uh, you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well, and what do you wish you would have done differently?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're going well back in time now, uh, <laughs> and I I think uh, what we didn't do well was. Pretty much everything, uh, you know. I, I think in 1999, 2000, we were really trying to figure out what was doing anything for you online, and you know, we were buying banner ads uh, on websites and anchor tenant placements with the big portals uh, <laughs> to be a web store, and paying, you know, AOL just astronomical amounts of money for what turned out
1: to be nothing <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> uh hence i don't the, think
1: they knew what they were doing with their money back then as yeah well.
0: well that's right <laughs> and you know hence the trajectory of their business that uh, everybody figured out that they weren't paying money for anything good so so you know i i think uh a lot of those early banner deals i really <laughs> regret <laughs> mm. <laughs> but you know <laughs>
1: Prior to prior to the crash of, um, it was about March, April, two thousand, wasn't it? Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. The the stock market bubble bursting uh, was uh, exciting. That uh, the, the dot com bubble uh, uh, imploded, but you know, I, I think all of those kinds of all of that kind of turmoil ends up helping. The, the solid companies uh the, the folks that are actually built on great customer service and uh you know uh, providing a quality user experience
1: the real business models yeah so what are the most common mistakes that you see digital marketing newbies making nowadays
0: i think the line would be you know it's not paying attention to the numbers it's it's driving by some grand strategic vision rather than paying attention to what the numbers tell you to the to do, uh, and you know we believe that metrics are the way to go to make decisions. I, I uh, mentioned in a blog post recently the the uh, great American philosopher Mike Tyson's uh, <laughs> comment, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, uh, you know somebody before his next heavyweight defense was saying, well, you know, this guy says that he's got a strategy to beat you. And, and Tyson says, yeah, everybody has a strategy until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, we, we tend to think that, you know, similarly marketing strategy is great, but data is that punch in the mouth and and you got to pay attention to what the data tells you to do.
1: Good advice for a newbie, certainly. Um, so let's move on to on to other advice now. And um, best advice I've ever received. What is the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received?
0: You know, and this will sound trite, uh, but I think the the SEO advice that it's about optimizing for users uh, is the best advice out there. That you know, if you think about building a great website for answering certain questions that real human beings have and focus your attention on what do users want rather than what do the robots want. Uh, I think it's the best advice out there. And and it may sound like, you know, goody two-shoes, white hat advice, but, boy, you spend a lot of time chasing the, the algorithms if, if uh, you lose sight of what what you're really supposed to be after in the first place.
1: Absolutely. Um, I remember um, watching a a marketing training video, uh, an online marketing training video from nine years ago, from 2005, and um, someone said um, what you should be doing is mimic nature, mimic the natural evolvement of, of how things would look. Obviously, you want to create something naturally yourself, but if you want to seed something, you don't want to seed something artificially at all. You want to make sure that um, whatever you do mimics the natural way things would actually get distributed online. Because otherwise, if you just do one form of marketing or distribution, then it looks artificial, and you're you're hardly likely to get any SEO rankings or or future future traffic through that.
0: That's right. You know the the bots are getting smarter and smarter and smarter about understanding what's what real users like and. You know, it's trying to game that system is always going to be a limited, uh, limited venture that doesn't live. uh, If if it works at all, isn't going to be short. Is going to be short lived.
1: So you've said a couple of times, marketing is a science metrics are the way to make decisions um we, we we talked briefly before this um recording you said that um you could possibly share um a video with us uh, that you'd recorded a google hangout recently talking about metrics um it would be great if we could incorporate that in the digital magazine perhaps you can give us just an overview of, of what that involves
0: yeah uh so i was invited uh as part of google's performance marketing initiative uh to be part of a hangout we had uh uh, a professor from Wharton, uh, myself, uh, the head of marketing at Autobytel, talking about uh, marketing and how we should think about advertising metrics and and you know how how much can you profitably spend online? Uh, again, you know you can make a business decision that I'm going to spend 10 million dollars uh, in online marketing. Maybe that's the right amount. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe it's too much. How do you know? And, and how do you think about those difficult questions like lifetime value considerations? Like, you know, what's the value of creating a happy customer uh, in terms of their likelihood to spread the word uh, and bring you more customers through word of mouth where, you know, traditional lifetime value metric isn't going to see that? Uh, so, you know, what is that value? How, how quickly do businesses need to get paid back for their marketing efforts? Uh, you know, is this something where you want paid search or display advertising to be a cash register that, you know, I put in $9, I get back 10, I'm going to keep putting in $9 until (laughs) I only get back eight and then I'm going to (laughs) stop. Um, and, uh, uh so, you know, if if you need it to be a cash register, how much you can spend is gonna be very different than if you say, hey, look, I'm I'm willing to invest uh in growth uh and wait for, you know, that long term payoff from lifetime value considerations.
1: Great stuff. Okay, well I'll um certainly embed that video just below the section within the digital magazine. Um so that takes us on to the this or that round. Okay, so this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one. Paid search or SEO? (laughs) Paid search. (laughs) Email contact form or telephone number? I'm sorry, what was that one? Email contact form or telephone number?
0: Email contact.
1: Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber?
0: Email subscriber.
1: Local marketing or global marketing? Local. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, let's just move straight on to... The $10,000 question. So you mentioned $10,000 earlier on. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
0: such a hard question, and, and you know one of the other pieces of advice that I would give folks is uh, understanding that everybody's business is different, and what's going to work for one business is going to be lousy advice for another. Um, I would say for the vast majority of businesses out there, that $10,000 spent on paid search is the best way to get the most bang for your buck by reaching people in the, the moment that uh, they are uh, most interested in what you do, um, and it pays off quickly. Uh, the but you know if your website uh, is is garbage, uh, maybe that ten thousand dollars is better spent improving your uh, site experience.
1: So, if you're starting to drive all that traffic to your site, um, what are the metrics to keep an eye on to actually determine quickly whether or not your website is garbage?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I think search is a a uh, very demanding uh, business that you can afford to to buy traffic if you convert that traffic, uh, and you can afford to buy more traffic than your competitors if your site converts traffic better than your competitors does uh, so you know you learn very quickly in search whether you're competing uh, at the level that that everybody else is just by what can I profitably spend and and if the answer is I can't spend enough to be on the first page uh, that probably tells you that you've got some conversion rate issues and
1: Either that or problem with your business model,
0: yeah, exactly. you know th- there are a lot of reasons that people uh uh trust one site and not another, and uh selection and breadth and quality of the site is is all part of that. My number one takeaway.
1: So you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation. Thanks for that. Um, what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses?
0: I, I think looking at data in the, in the most granular fashion that you can to understand what's driving your business. You know, we say in paid search, the most important thing is to look at uh traffic on your brand name on your trademark separately from competitive non-brand search those generic searches are where you're gonna really find new customers Uh, look at that separately from people who are searching for you by name I think that's the most important piece of paid search
1: and one other sneaky question do you recommend for the majority of businesses to bid on their brand
0: I think so, and the reason that I think so is it allows you to control the message, it allows you to highlight uh, specials, Uh, it allows you to bring people to specific places on your site where the organic site links you really don't have any control over, you can control the, the paid search site links. I will say that. That's only the case because usually you don't have to spend very much for the traffic on your brand name. Uh, If you have a very distinctive brand, uh, it might be smart to do a test and see how much of that traffic is cannibalized. Uh, If your brand is somebody like envelopes.com, somebody searching for envelopes, well, (laughs) you might want to advertise to them because they may not know you exist.
1: Well, um, we took a while to get our conversation up and running with our technology issues, but I I think it's certainly been worthwhile and I I really appreciate you um, um, coming on the call with me. Um, um, It's just it's it's really been worthwhile. A a lot of great information there, George. So thank you for that. What are your contact details or um, information about yourself if uh, any of our listeners would like to get in touch?
0: Yeah, feel free to reach out to me at george at rimkaufman.com. Um, you're welcome to follow me on Mickey one uh, uh, for Twitter and uh, certainly shoot me an email or uh, reach out to our website, uh, for more information and the RKG blog.
1: Wonderful. Thanks again. All right. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon.